Amen. Gonna, our focus this morning is on prayer. Uh, last week, Doug Gwynn preached, Elder Doug Gwynn preached a powerful message on prayer. And uh, Elder Doug, we, we thank you for that message. Um, I, was, I was wondering what I was going to preach on, and, and God said, prayer. Prayer, <laughs> that's his key focus. And uh, speaking of prayer, I want to lift up a, a brief prayer need for our church. I just found out that uh, Brother Daniel Finley's family, his brother's going into surgery. Uh, and so I want to pray for him and, um, and his sister as well. So let's bow, bow our heads and pray for that, and then we'll pray for the service as well. Lord, thank you for Brother Daniel. I, think he, I know he's in Wisconsin this weekend. Pray for his, mother, his brother who's going into surgery and Pray for his sister as well. Pray you be with his family. And uh, thank you for, for him, Lord. We come before you this evening or this morning, and, and uh, we need you. And, and, and Lord, our, our, our reason we pray to you is because we, we need you. And so, Lord, I thank you for the message that you gave, gave uh, Elder Doug last week and the message you've given me today. And, Lord, we pray that you would speak. We pray that you would speak and we pray that you would do that change that only you can do. Only you can change our hearts. So give us ears to hear, hearts to understand, and then feet to, to put it into work in, the, in, in our lives. So Lord, thank you for worship today. It's been wonderful. And Lord, now we worship you in a different way. We worship you in your word. Pray you will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I've titled this message, God's School of Prayer. And, and, and I've, I've kind of taken that from our prayer meeting. I remember uh, at one point in our Wednesday night prayer meeting, uh, Pastor Allen would talk about, we're going to call this UBC School of Prayer. And when I thought about this message, I said, this is what this is about. And, and this morning we're going to be looking at three specific aspects of prayer. They're not the only ones, but that's what we're going to focus on today. And, and my hope today is to help us to give ourselves more over to prayer as a church in these three key, three, these three key areas. And the first one is prayer is fellowship with God. Second is prayer is intercession. And the third is prayer is spiritual warfare. Now, if you look behind me or beside me, um, you will notice that prayer is one of our four pillars. Those are our foundations of our church. And, and uh, if you see, look behind me, you see discipleship, you see worship, you see mission, and you see prayer. And so the question this morning before you is, what is prayer? And uh, we talked about that at Wednesday night prayer meeting, and we agreed that prayer is simply communication with God. It's prayer speaking to God. Uh, and, and most of us, if we're honest, we, we don't have a problem speaking to God, right? We, we can get out the list, myself included, and give them to the Lord, and, 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 you know, and, and that's, that's, that's part of prayer, but that's, that's not all of it. And, but most of us, if we're honest, we have a hard time listening to God. Because there's another part where we're supposed to hear from him. And, and, and he speaks to us. And, and God speaks in, in different ways. Um, you know, and so we need, but we need, to be, we need to be sensitive. Sometimes he speaks in that still, small voice, right? So we need to be listening to him. Uh, and so God speaks, in, not literally. Uh, if he's speaking to you literally, we, we need to talk, okay? Because that's, that's usually not how it happens. But he does impress things upon us. Sometimes he gives us dreams, um, and, and God speaks to us through, through his word, through his word. And he's going to speak to us this morning. He also speaks to us through other people, 
puts people in our lives that give us a word. And then I also speaks to us through our circumstances. God is speaking to America through our circumstances right now, through this COVID season. I don't know if we're getting the lessons, but he is speaking loud and clear. And what God wants most is our attention. He wants our attention. And I know that that's part of the reason that he's, he's moved and removed so many of those idols. It, it, there's, no, there's no crutch. There's no things that, for us to take that focus away. And, and, and he wants our attention. So we're going to start with prayer as fellowship with God. And I want to ask you to open up to Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. We're going to, we're going to read two texts, one Old Testament, one New Testament. And um, we'll bring this together. Psalm 42, verses 1, 1 and 2 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Amen? It's the word of the Lord. These two verses describe a person so thirsty for God that he compared his yearning for God to that of a deer panting for water beside a stream. This is a person that knows what? That they need God. They're not self-reliant. They're not self-sufficient. And they have a passion to spend time with God. Oh, that we would have a passion to spend time with God. I I pray God would give us the passion to spend that time with him. And in one of our our recent prayer meetings, we were talking and we we shared that that we, we often seek favors from God instead of seeking God himself. And so, in other words, we, we come to him and we want God to meet every, the Lord to meet every need of ours, right? That's called seeking his hand. That's called seeking his, his hand. But when we seek God's face, that's when we're, we, we're saying we want to know you. We want to know him. We want to experience him, to show him reverence and live to please him. So, so there's nothing wrong with, with seeking his hand sometimes, but we need to seek his face. We want to know the Lord deeper and deeper. And so my question is, have you ever been thirsty? Now, see, this would have been much better if it was 99 or 95 degrees like some of those other Sundays. You guys would be going for water right now. You get, you get the picture. There's been some Sundays I've been very thirsty in here. And we need water to live, don't we? We do. But just as a deer life depends on the water, the fullness of our lives depend on that ongoing connection with the Lord through prayer. It, it, we have to stay connected. And so God's desire is that we want to spend time in his presence. And I pray during this challenging season that you're, that you're making the most of, of, of your personal time with the Lord in prayer. Don't let the busyness, don't let the chaos around you take you from that important time of fellowship with the Lord. Um, you know, we're, we're about six months into this now, right? We started in March, going to six months. Uh, I remember when this happened, and, and, and me and Carl... Me and Carl were growing. I don't know where Carl is, but man, all the sports were gone, Carl. I mean, everything was gone. I mean, there, there was nothing. I mean, the guys, I, listen, I, I like to listen to sports radio. They had nothing to talk about. <laughs> I mean, they had nothing. It was hilarious. But, you know, it just so, it was, I was so aware that God had removed everything, all the distraction. And there was just no excuse not to spend time with them. I mean, and, and, and all the needs that were before us. I mean, I pray that, you know, you were on your knees as I was on my knees at the time. But the thing is, you get, you get past that and you're six months in, you can start going back to old patterns, right? And so I encourage us to just encourage each other to, to stay with it, to stay with it. I'm going to move on. Luke 
chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, this very familiar passage for us. It, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and said, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do all the work. Tell her to help me. This is Jesus' response. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will be not be taken away from her. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, Martha got focused on the wrong things. It's so easy to do that. Um, I, I think about it. Um, I think about this example even in our, in our, in our family. We, 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 we do this sometimes with holidays. It could be Christmas. It could be Easter. Um, we do a big deal with our family, and my wife will tell you we do a big deal with the family and stuff. Sometimes uh, when her, her mom would make meals for our family, it would be for like 17, 20 people. But boy, sometimes it got so stressful because it became all about the meal and everything had to be just right. You know, and, and we almost lost focus on what it was about, you know. And, and there's almost a sense of relief when it was over, you know. Sometimes the most relaxing time was after the holiday was over. And it's just so aware that, that, that it just reminds me of that's where Martha was. She, she could not see. Jesus was right there with her. Let's, let's just hang out. Let's just spend that time. And, and so we can, we can get carried away in, in that same way. And so my question for you is, like, what are those things that distract you? To take your focus away and, 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 and keep Jesus from being that main thing that he is. He's the, it says that the saying is, keep the main thing the main thing, right? And the main thing is what? Jesus. Jim Simbala put it this way in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. That's one of the books I'm going to recommend today. He said, the bottom line is this. If we don't want to experience God's closeness here on earth, why would we want to go to heaven anyway? He is the center of everything there. If we don't enjoy being in his presence here and now, then heaven wouldn't be heaven for us. Think about that. Next is prayer is intercession. I'm going to share this Old Testament scripture, Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7. It says, I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Prayer is the work. Prayer is the work. When you look at this, this passage, you and I are those watchmen. You and I are those, those folks standing in a gap. And it says, you will never be silent day or night. That's talking about continuing to intercede, continuing to pray. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest. And give him no rest. So there's, there's, a, there's a bit of persistence that needs to go in our prayer, right? There's a near, bit of boldness and persistence. And you know, when we persist in prayer and we continue to lift up the needs around us, God shows up. God shows up. And sometimes he shows up in, in amazing uh, times when you wouldn't expect. And I'm going to give you an example. I actually wanted to put this on film. We might show it another time. But at, at last Wednesday's prayer meeting, um, a number of you mentioned about something that happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you said President Trump and his leadership were in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And he asked a prayer, he asked the pastor that was there to open up the time in prayer. And I, I encourage you, all you have to do is, is 
Google Trump asked pastor pray Kenosha, Wisconsin, and you'll see this prayer. It's a remarkable, remarkable prayer. And he was praying. I, I meant he was praying what we've been praying. God, cause us to come back to you. Cause us to, to, to be drawn back to you. We've turned away from you. Bring us back. And he was just laying out. It was just, it's, just, it's only a minute 16, the prayer. But I encourage you to look at it and then see what said afterwards. Because afterwards, he asked the wife to speak. And, and she starts talking about how she was raising up intercessors. And she says, I'm raising up intercessors to pray for you, to pray for our nation in this time because we need more and more intercessors praying. And a number of you that are here, you are intercessors. You know what I'm talking about. You have, that's that continual crying out before the Lord, and that's what's needed. And it was an incredible, powerful time. I encourage you to look it up. And, uh, and then the, the, lastly, the pastor talked, and he just kind of gave a bigger picture of what's going on in our country. And I love what he said. He says, you know what? We, there's three kinds of law. He's talking about there's moral law, there's civil law, and there's spiritual law. He says, we are doing civil law here. But he says, we need moral and spiritual law to take control. Because he says, if I, we're doing our job and God's changing people's hearts, he says, you could have a believer that has the launch coats to, 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 to the ballistic weapons and you're, you're going to be safe. But he says, you know, if we're not doing it, you can give a an ink pen to somebody out on the street, and you got to worry for your life. I mean, I, I'm, I'm quoting it right now, but it was just so powerful. I'd encourage you to look it up. So God desires us to, to, to pray, to intercede, and, and continue to do that. Luke 11, verses 5 to 10 puts it this way. It says, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. Suppose the one inside says, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, we, we've all prayed for things, and, and we've seen God respond, but sometimes God doesn't answer that quickly, right? And, and the word here is, the picture is, our prayers need to be what? Both bold and persistent. The picture is this continual action. We are to keep asking, to keep seeking, and we are to continue to persist in prayer. And God will move on our behalf. But prayer is the work, and we have to continue that work. When I, when I think about our church, I think about, and I think about intercessors, I think about a, a gentleman that he has the keys of the church. Pastor Allen knows him well. His name's Larry Schulich. Larry Schulich goes all the way back to Jim Queen. And he's, he's, we just let him have the keys, so he just come in and pray. He's an intercessor. He comes and he prays for our church. He prays for me. He prays for our leaders. He prays for our community. He prays for our country. And he, God's just given the gift of intercession. Some of you deaconesses, and deacons have that gift as well. And I call on you often in our prayer meetings. And you're continuing to pray. Doug gave an example that made me think about this last week. And you remember him, he was talking about before the Great Awakening. And these group of pastors who started praying together. He says, then they sent out a letter to other pastors. And he said, there's a group of Scottish pastors. And they prayed for two years, two years, 
interceding before the Lord, and then the great awakening happened. And, and so I'm saying to you, there is no quick fix for our country, okay? I mean, we're going to have to be on our knees. There are going to have to be calluses on your knees, okay? There's going to be fasting and prayer. We're going to have to continue to cry out day and night for our country uh, because we, we're a long way gone right now. We're just seeing the manifestation of, of what's been going on for a long time. And we're seeing it acted out. I mean, this is, this is, we're not the most, we're not the only violent city, okay, in America. I mean, it's, it's all over. And, 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 and we're seeing the fruit of that, uh, of, of, of being so far away from the Lord. And I want to let you know as well, this has been a difficult lesson for our church. And sometimes we have to learn it over and over again. At one point in our history, give you a little history lesson of UBC, we had over 50 uh, small groups and ministry teams. That's together, about 50, 50. And, and that's a lot of groups, okay? And so that means a lot of activity was happening in our church. Uh, we were known, we were praised nationally as being an incredible place of ministry. You know, we learned something. We learned that when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. When we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. And God has taught us that he hasn't called us to be a house of ministry but rather a house of prayer for all nations. Amen? Prayer is the, supposed to be the defining mark of God's presence in our church. Jim Simmel, again, in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, says, I discovered an astonishing truth. God is attracted by weakness. He can't resist those who humbly and honestly admit how desperately they need him. Our weakness, in fact, makes power, makes room for his power. You remember, I referred to this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You remember Paul's thorn in the flesh? You remember that he said that he, uh, God gave it to him so that he might not become conceited? Three times he pleaded to the Lord to remove that thorn. Three times. You remember the Lord's response? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And in that passage, I encourage you just to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 after, after the message. Paul goes on to say, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen? And we learned that lesson, and we learned that lesson in our church. Back in 1998, I call it the year of prayer at, at UBC, God did an incredible work. Uh, Tom Maluga was our pastor at the time. And God put on his heart, I remember him sharing this vision with me uh, that God had given him. He gave him a vision of a, of a building downtown. And, 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 you know, when they put a building, like a high-rise building, they, they build a really deep foundation, really, really deep foundation, deep hole. And he, gave the, God, he said, God gave me this vision. And he said that um, if you do not build your foundation, all the ministries that you're building are going to tumble. And, and at that time, he got convicted by the Lord, and he says, you know what, we've, we've got to pray. And he, God led him to preach an entire year on prayer. Now, you imagine that? Any, any of you that are here, you know what I'm talking about. That, that, was, that was a boastful thing. I mean, that took guts to do that, to step out and do that. And he got pushback for that and say, every message? I mean, every, every week, something on prayer? But he was trying to shake us up because we were so... Uh, we so founded on our, on our ministries. And, and he made a bold decision then as well. He, he moved every ministry. We started Wednesday night prayer. He moved all the ministries off. And he got a beef there because our youth ministry was on Wednesday night. 
And they were not happy. They didn't want to move. But he moved it off. They, they, they were meeting on Tuesday nights. And we just, we, we said, you know, we talked about the prayer meeting being the barometer of the church. In other words, what happened on Wednesday night would be the gauge by which we would judge success or failure. Because that would be the measure by which God would bless us. And God did bless our church in that season. He really did. We saw more, more people coming to Christ. We, we saw youth coming to prayer meeting. I mean, at one point we had 60 or 70 people coming. And, and it, you know, it was spreading out in the gym. We used to even go out. I remember during the summertime, we would pray all night and go and walk to the beach and see the sunrise. I mean, that, that, that was a special time. And I'm not trying to say we're duplicating that because you can't duplicate what happened in the past. But I, I can tell you this. God is doing a new thing in our church right now. He's doing a new thing. And what he's been doing is during this season, we've been moved and said, you know what, we need to pray. We need more than Wednesday night, okay? <laughs> we, said, we need to pray every night. And so we, we started praying daily. And so Tuesday through Friday, 7 to 8 p.m., we have a virtual prayer meeting, and we, we gather and we pray. And I want to encourage you to, to, to call in and be a part of that. That information, we'll have that listed for you. If it's not listed today, we'll have it listed for you next week. But you can call in during the week or call the church office. We'll give you the number. And all you need is a phone. And the nice thing about it is if you can't call in on Wednesday, you can call in on Thursday. If you can't call in on Thursday, call in on Friday. But you can, can join us. And we, we have not run out of things to pray for, have we not? Amen? I mean, we, we just continue to pray. And God has been growing us, growing our deacons, growing our leadership in this time as we cry, cry out to him. And so, um, lastly, I want to quote one more quote from Jim Sumbala. He says, if we call upon the Lord, he has promised in his word to answer, to bring the unsaved to himself, to pour out his spirit among us. If we don't call upon the Lord, he's promised nothing. Nothing at all. It's as simple as that. The future of our church will depend upon our times of prayer. So we have to continue to press into prayer. Amen? Amen. Lastly, touch on prayer as spiritual warfare. And, and we've been so aware of this as we've been praying in our prayer meetings that we are, <laughs> I mean, we are, there's spiritual warfare going on all around this in this season. And prayer is our main weapon. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18, I'm going to read on this. We won't break it totally down, but I'll touch on a few of the parts of it. But it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckle around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted for the, with the readiness that comes for the gospel, from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the element of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. It's the word of the Lord. You know, first of all, we need to realize we are at war. And secondly, we need to know who we're fighting. Many times we think we're fighting one another and fighting people, but that's not the case. That's not, that's not what, what it says in the Word. It says we're fighting, we're not, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle going on. Just as the coronavirus, COVID-19, is an unseen foe, 
There's an unseen spiritual war going on around us. And, and we need to know that so we can fight that battle. And even though we can't see it, the war is very real. And I don't know about you guys, but I felt it. I felt the oppression. I felt the, even the de depression from things I've seen which continues that goes on in our country. And in Ephesians 6 to 10 to 18, it, it speaks to putting on this armor, the armor of God, so we can take our stand. I want you to notice that word stand. It's in there repeatedly. The picture here is that Christians are in a spiritual war, and as soldiers, we need to put on the armor that, to, to protect us from assault. And he says, I want you to stand. The onslaught's going to come. He says the attack's going to come. It doesn't say if. It says when the attacks come, I want you to stand. Stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to continue standing. Stand firm. Amen? And I mean, we need to help each other to continue standing because sometimes we get beat up, right? And sometimes it's discouraging. And that's what's beautiful about that prayer meeting is like, we come in and, and there's not a night that comes in. Some, some of us come in, we're hurting that day. And we need someone to lift our arms up. You know, I always get this picture in my mind of Moses. I don't know if you remember in the Old Testament when Israel was fighting the Amalekites. And Moses was getting tired. And, and I think they set him up. I might have set him in a chair at some point, you know. But they, I remember they were raising up his hands. And it said when, his, when he raised his hands up, they were winning the battle. But when his hands dropped down, I mean, that's how it is for us. Sometimes we get tired and we need to be someone to lift us up. And that's what we do for one another. And that's why Anna, I asked you, and I sent you a, a text. And I said, hey, how can I pray for CPD this week? And, and, and I've, I've got somebody in our church, uh, they send me a text from time to time. They, they think it's just for me, but it's not. I, I send it to, to you. I send it to Vance. And, I said, they, and they said, man, I needed that. I needed that right then and there because they're in a pressure cooker. you know. And so... We need, we need to get a, get a word every now and then, right, just to remind us that God's got this thing. And so um, that's, that's, that's the focus. And, and let me get back on track here. <laughs> let me get back on track here. But the picture is that we are in this war. And, and some of the pieces of armor described in this passage um, are the belt of truth, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God in prayer. And, and this passage is a great reminder that the battle of spiritual must be fought in God's strength, depending on the word of God and on God in prayer. And our Lord has placed in our hands this sword of the Spirit. You remember Jesus in the wilderness when Satan was tempting him? What did he use? He used the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, to defeat the, the devil in the wilderness. And, and likewise, he gives that to us. When that lie comes out that we hear, we need to speak. What does God's word say? Thus saith the Lord. And, and that's what Jesus was doing. We need to do that. But it's aggressive and conquering power. The word is released only through the prayer of faith. Our instructions are to take the sword of the Spirit, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit with all perseverance. That's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 to 18. You look that up later. Lastly, last, last scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. I said we have to know who we're fighting, and then we need to know how to fight. It says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Brothers and sisters, we don't fight this war with fleshly weapons. 
Brother, we fight it with spiritual weapons. We fight this with the weapons that God gives us. Amen? We fight this war on our knees. We fight it with the Word of God. And so when we hear that lie, we've got to speak, what, what does the Word of God say? Not my opinion. What does the Word of God say about that situation? And speak that, in, speak that life into it. Now, I have to tell you, we, we have an enemy, right? And our enemy, Satan, he has a, he has a strategy. I'll just hip you to this strategy. He, he likes to lull us to sleep. Some of you are struggling right now. Wake up. He doesn't want us to get into the battle. I'm serious. He doesn't want us to get into the battle. He wants us on the sidelines. So he lulls us to sleep with distractions such as sports for some of us, leisure, financial prosperity, all these things, materialism, and even busyness. We get too busy, right? And we lose focus. And one of Satan's main strategies has always been to whisper, don't call, don't ask, don't depend on the Lord to do great things. You'll get along fine if you just rely on your own cleverness and energy. We're singing this song when we open up the service. Need you? Oh, I need you. Every day I need you. You know, I mean, that's the reality. We need the Lord. And we need to stay in that place of knowing that we need the Lord. In Uptown, we see the casualties of this war every day, don't we? We see fatherlessness. We see fatherless children, we see drug addiction, we see people that are struggling, struggling with, with not having housing, uh, mental issues, we see all kinds of different situations, we see people struggling to make good choices, and that's one of the hardest things uh, for me and I know for pastor, for others, any of you that have been involved and you get into the nitty gritty work uh, of, of doing ministry, you know that you, you, you know, I don't, I don't take the illustration the wrong way. Uh, but, you know, I say you can bring a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. Okay, so, so you can bring a person, and, and you, you want it more than they want it. And you know the decision that they need to make, but they won't make that decision, and they walk away. And it's so hard. It's so hard. And I, I was talking to a brother today, and he, he's talking about uh, the, guy, the folks that are under, Wilson, under the Wilson Bridge. And I said, you know, he said, well, the shelters aren't taken. I said, no, 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 that's not what's happening. I said, it's a little more complicated than that. And, and in the end, a lot of times, it's like, I want what I want. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do those rules. I don't want to go to PGM. I don't want to go to Cornerstone. I want to do what I want to do. And yet, at the same time, I, I want to tell you, keep fighting that fight. Keep praying for them. You don't know when they're going to be ready. You don't know when they're going to be ready to go into rehab and to get the help that they're going to need. So don't burn out. But just give them to the Lord and keep doing what you're doing, okay? Uh, because there's a time. There's a time. I've seen it over and over again where I was like, well, I never thought that. Per- I'd, I'd given up on that person, and then they were ready, you know? And so we just need to keep praying and keep fasting and, and let God do his, th- do his thing in his time and his way. And so that's why we need to keep praying for our community. And that's why we need to partner and pray for our governing authorities. And that's why we need to be in prayer for God's church. I'm not talking Uptown Baptist Church. I'm talking about the big C church, God's church, to be faithful, to continue to do the work while it's still day, to stand in the gap at this key time in our history. This is time for us to stand in the gap, not to shrink, but to stand and to be a voice because we are the hope for the world. We are the hope for the world. That's it. 
Our elders and our deacons and our volunteers, we need your prayers. So continue to pray for us. They're so important. However, I want you to know we're not walking in fear. We're just recognizing reality. There's a spiritual battle going on, but we're not walking in fear. The Bible says that he is in me that is, is, is greater than he that is in the world. And so if you're consistently praying for our staff, our elders, our deacons, our volunteers, God's got our back. God, God will protect us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going, I'm, I'm going to prepare to close. I want to encourage you, if you, you've not joined us in prayer, to, to, to join us. And, and for those of you, you know, I know this season's gone on, and, and it gets old. I mean, I'm tired of it. <laughs> I'm tired of it. I'm waiting for a vaccine. And some people are just fatigued. I remember talking to a couple. Uh, I do the shopping in the family. I talked to a couple re- folks at the register this week, and I'm excited. It's Labor Day. Labor Day is a great weekend for me because I get the grill. I'm born a grill, guys, okay? So I won't get the grill out tomorrow. I remember talking to one of the people at the register, and they were like, I said, boy, I'm excited. It's Labor Day. I said, well, what's that? What's Labor Day? What's, you know, in other words, what does that mean? And they're so, they're so worn down by this season, you know, tired of wearing the mask, tired of all this stuff. And it happened to me in another story. I'm just so aware, like, folks are tired, you know, and, and they, need, they, need to, they need to know where their hope is, you know. And so that song that, uh, that Mike sang earlier, Grace, Grace, God's Grace, um, I want to pray into that just for a moment. Pray with me. Lord, I thank you for... That song, grace, grace, God's grace. Lord, it's all about your grace. Lord, I pray for those that might be listening to this message that they might understand it's all about your grace. Lord, we are sinners in need of a Savior. And we can't save ourselves. We can't fix it. We can't be good enough. We sin when things that we do, and we sin when things that we ought to do that we don't do. And so, Lord, all we can do is come and admit who we are. You already know, but admit who we are, that we are sinners. And thank you, Jesus, for forgiving our sins. And invite you, Jesus, in to be both our Lord and our Savior. Lord, I pray someone this morning hears that message and ask you in. Lord, you ask just that we would turn from our sin and turn to you. Just turn around and you will meet us right there. So Lord, I pray that, that, that many might receive this message today, that they might give their lives to you. And for those of us that know you, that we would remember who we are and whose we are. And that we don't have righteousness in ourselves, Lord. So protect us from pride. Keep us humble. Keep us walking daily with Thee, trusting in Thee, calling on You. And then use us. You bless us to be a blessing. So help us to share that blessing with others around us. Family, friends, whoever You put in our path. Lord, help us to open our mouths and share the gift of the gospel. We give You the glory. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before, before Mike's going to close this in a, in a song in just a moment, um, next week, I didn't get a chance to do this, but I promised to post up some of the books that I want you to read. I've already mentioned Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. There's a couple of other ones that we've referred to before, Just Asking uh, by Daniel Henderson, or, or sorry, 
by uh, Stuart Alp, Mick, McAlpine, and then Opaf's New Power. It's another uh, powerful book on prayer by Daniel Henderson. And so I want to encourage you to, to take advantage to read those books because it's just going to grow you more in prayer. And then I encourage you just to join us at the prayer meeting. Uh, make that phone call on the phone and, and join us in prayer. As I said, it's uh, Tuesday through Friday, 7 to 8 p.m. And, um, and I also ask you to continue to commit to pray for our elders, our deacons, our staff, and our volunteers. Please do that. So thank you, Brother Mike. Amen. 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 Yeah, come on, worship singers, let's sing this song. generation we are your people crying out in desperation open blind eyes unlock the deaf ears come to your people as we draw near hear us from heaven touch our generation 
We are your people crying out in desperation. Lord, where our eyes are blind and we cannot see. Lord, open blind eyes. Unlock deaf ears. Show us, Lord. Show us right here in our midst what you desire from us. Lord, forgive us for where we, we don't want to see. Lord, forgive us for where we turn away. By your grace, Lord, open our eyes to see you here. Open our ears to hear you here. Lord, teach our hearts, teach our feet to follow you where you would lead us. In the difficult truths, Lord, teach us to follow you. Well, let's sing this once more. Open. Open the blind eyes, unlock the deaf ears, come to your people as we draw near. Hear us from heaven, touch our generation, we are your people, crying out in desperation. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Lord, we, we're desperate for you. We're desperate for you. Lord, I pray for those that are here that uh, are in the battle lines. And they just need strength. It's, it's rough out there, Lord. It's easy to get tired. It's easy to kind of get jaded, kind of lose, <laughs> lose the fire a little bit. So, Lord, we, I pray you fill them up, fill them up. Fill us up so we can continue to work and do the work that you called us to do, but to do it with love and grace. Lord, because uh, when, that, when that fatigue comes in, it, our attitude comes out. It comes out in a different way. And so, Lord, I pray for those that, that just, you know who they are. Would you, would you touch them? Would you fill, fill them? Would you energize them? And then, Lord, keep us on our knees. And, uh, Lord, help us to celebrate the victories as well. And, you know, they, they keep throwing all, all the bad news. We don't get to hear a lot of the victories, but we need to celebrate every victory that you give us. And so, because, Lord, you are able. You are able and Lord, we continue to pray for a great awakening for our nation, that you would bring us back to yourself. So Lord, thank you. We pray that you go with us now and, and use us as you, as, as you will uh, this coming week. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Amen. 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 Amen.